Hey everybody, you're listening to the Two Nicks Podcast. I'm Annie Nikoloff. And this is Nikki Belmont, and this is our third episode. Um, you might have heard last episode we talked all about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions, which has been big um, big in our office and around the city over the last couple weeks or so. So we're pretty excited to move on to talking a little bit about Record Store Day this episode after all the excitement over the last couple weeks. And we're bringing it back real local to this really unique shop. This whole episode, we're going to be talking about Blue Arrow Records, which is a record shop located in Waterloo. They do a lot out of it. This is not your average record store. Yeah, they are juggling a lot over there, but I think it's a lot of fun because it kind of mixes the old school record shop vibe with, you know, doing some new fun stuff. And there are a lot of cats involved, which most important. Like, if you've been to Blue Arrow, you've probably seen Freeway or Rhonda or any of their other cats that they have roaming around. They have free reign of their entire record shop, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing for people who love animals. <laughs> And they not only have a bunch of record store cats, which I feel like every record store needs a cat, but they also do Waterloo Alley Cat Project, so they are also helping the cats at the same time. Yeah, all the feral cats, I think they said that they fixed like over 400 cats mm. in the Waterloo area, which is just such such a large amount of mm. cats to help. Cat helpers, yes. Mm. And they do their own record label as well. Yeah, you know, that's just... You know, just on the side, just a record label, yeah. and also host concerts, <laughs> and also like this place does so much. Yeah, so. I feel like that's like the cats and their cool like record store floor are like the two things you remember when you go into Blue Arrow. Yeah, but interestingly enough, Blue Arrow they don't technically participate in Record Store Day. They actually had a bit of a negative experience working with Record Store Day, like the company that runs this event. So instead of doing that, they host Customer Appreciation Day on the day of Record Store Day, which is April 21st, tomorrow. They'll be doing a day of music, food, and specials throughout their store. So we'll be talking about and that special later. special guests, too. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> it's kind of fun. They, you know, I, I know some record shops are kind of opting out of Record Store Days, but they're still finding kind of their own spin on it. And also in this episode of The Two Nicks, you'll be able to hear a new song by Cleveland musician Marcus Allen Ward. And towards the end, we will also be talking about some upcoming events, whether they're Record Store Day events or upcoming album release concerts in Cleveland. Stay tuned for that as well. I'm Pete Goyas, owner of uh, Blue Arrow Records, along with my wife, Debbie. And this is Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah Eisenhart. She's and our label I, manager and just all-around go-to person. That's so, me. Also, ship captain, maybe. And keeps us floating. I need a fancy hat. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like pirate. a big feather? Yeah. <laughs> cats would love it. And there are many cats here. Yes. Uh, anyways, welcome to Blue Arrow Records. By way of introduction, we, we opened in, uh, I think it was March of 2009. So I guess that means nine years old now. So, Yeah. Awesome. Well, we were hoping you could start by kind of going through the history, like how you started the business and how it kind of progressed to where you guys are now. We first opened up in this space here, the front portion of the, the store, and we're primarily a vintage records retail shop. And like I said, we opened in 2009. Several le years later, we did open up a boutique next door that 
lasted maybe four or five years, and it was pretty well, did pretty well, but we, I don't know, vintage clothing is kind of hard to find these days, and we just kind of lost the spirit on that, so we closed that a couple years ago, but last year we were still selling vintage clothing at uh, Cleveland Flea, thanks to Sarah, and I don't think we're doing that this year. No, we're uh, taking a break. Yeah. Well, we had the store, the knitwear store in Coventry oh, right. for like a pop-up for a couple of months this past winter. So that was sort of our focus. We also sell stuff down at This Way Out, which is in the basement of the Beachland Ballrooms. You guys started a label. Yeah, the, the label we started uh, maybe three years ago, 2015. Yeah, that came about we with Jonathan Richmond. We just inquired whether or not we'd be interested in starting the label and we did and we didn't know anything about it and we're still kind of growing but <laughs> yeah it's it keeps us busy so yeah we just kind of hit the ground running it was such a great opportunity it was hard to yeah. say no even though we we're learning on our on the fly is yeah. that or is this, there's a saying in there somewhere yeah right? <laughs> we also do online sales with that as well and we're constantly fulfilling orders Across the uh, world, actually, shipping out stuff. So. Yeah, international. Busy. <laughs> Busy. Well, from being kind of an old school, you know, vintage record store to running a label, it sounds like, like you were saying, it's been a learning experience. So mm-hmm. walk us through some of that, how the ins and outs of your everyday work. Sarah's here in the back room working on label stuff. So just how that's kind of evolved a little bit over the couple of years that you've been doing it. Well, okay, that's a good question. Uh, there is a process with being on a label, and primarily we started out as pressing records, and by that we would use uh, Got a Groove here in Cleveland for our pressing purposes. And that's a lengthy process, too, and it's, I mean, you got to get everything just right, and we've learned over the years that we haven't gotten everything just right. And <laughs> we've had to shove a few things here and there. So uh, You learn um, how there's so many versions and uh, yeah. of certain... Records and edits and... We start out with... First thing we did is a couple 7-inch records with Jonathan. And then we pressed his full-length record. Uh, that was probably, what, 2016 maybe? And again, we primarily just focused on it being vinyl. When we were on tour with Jonathan, we'd have a number of people coming up saying, well, I sold my collections, I don't do vinyl anymore. So we soon learned that, well, we should also uh, make... CDs, and that's another little process you have to do too. Sarah took over that. Of, I mean, you got to minimize the, the sizes, and <laughs> I, I don't know what all she does, but she does it, gets it done. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we kind of just get like the raw, like audio files, and just try to use a lot of local people. Couple places that we have a distribution out of in Asia, and then we do a lot of our distribution ourselves here. We're sort of young and just kind of doing everything in-house. We have to, we have a bunch of online places that we sell, like our website and Bandcamp. So then we just have our orders that we have to fulfill. And we work with Jonathan's touring company, which is High Road. So we have to, Debbie handles all the PR and press stuff. So we do all the press releases and tour posters and stuff. Yeah reach out stuff like that so that's it <laughs> that's all bye <laughs> we are currently working on uh, Johnson's newest full-length record 
and we hope to have that out in the fall. Yeah, and the exciting thing about that is that Jonathan's collaborating with uh, Jerry Harrison, his his old bandmate from the Modern Lovers. So that's very exciting. So, great cool. sounds coming out. So. Um, I was curious because you said it's your ninth year, you know, you have so much going on. Do you have anything big for your 10-year anniversary next year? Ice cream party. <laughs> <laughs> Birthday <impressive>. cake. <laughs> Shaped like a cat. You know, it's it's a oh, no. really good question. Something else. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm usually a last-minute guy, so we'll figure that out the last minute. <laughs> We recently just now figured out what we're going to do uh, in a couple weeks' time. Uh, by that, I'm referring to the uh, the record store day thing, so which we refer to as Customer Appreciation Day. The day formerly known as Record Store Day. Record Store Day is an interesting thing. It's it started out as a good thing, and I think it's probably is still a good thing. Really, it's it's a national international event originally intended to draw people to record independent record stores. And it's still doing that. And it's a good thing in that regard. Uh, I do have issues with several years ago we we had, I don't want to dig out old dirt now, <laughs> but we had an issue several years ago where we placed a big order and it didn't come through. And I was on television talking up the event, saying what we're going to get. And this is Rhonda, by the way. <laughs> Our cat just joined us for the conversation. Rhonda, <laughs> introduce yourself. And, but that failed. They, they, I got a what, what's used to be known as Dear John letters. It was an email the, the morning of Record Store Day from my distributor saying you're not. We didn't ship your product, and I was like, Oh my God, what are we gonna do? Well, we carried on, and it turned out to be a good day. Anyways, since then, four years later, we now refer to it as Customer Appreciation Day. Or we try to have party to celebrate all the customers who support us and come in. And this year we're going to have uh, Lachlan McKinnon doing a reading of his new uh, memoir, short story book, funny, hilarious, genius guy. So looking forward to that. And then we have Public Squares. They have a Record Store Day release coming out. It's a unique item and it's a square 8-inch record. <laughs> ripping off of their name, Public Squares, and they're going to be here performing live, and then later on today we're going to have a special surprise guest. We're not allowed to say who that is yet, but that'll, that'll be coming up. Yeah. It works It works for some people, we just don't didn't work for us anymore, and that's fine. And, and But let me give a shout out to our friends who do carry Records for Day products, and that's Charles at My Mind's Eye. And David Vinyl Groove in Bedford, both excellent stores, solid dudes. And if you're looking for the Record Store Day product, please see them. They're they're wonderful. Well, with Record Store Day, also obviously, it's putting a lot of interest in vinyl. Which, being here for the last nine years or so, how has that interest kind of grown or well, evolved over time as well, especially in this neighborhood too? Well, it's it's a good question. When I first opened up, there was a lot of graybeards like myself and <laughs> primarily dudes coming in and saying yeah i like this this is cool and over the years it's morphed into younger and younger people coming in and one of the things that i notice a lot is and i really like is women too uh, i love that that's morphed into that segment as well so that's one of the key things that i noticed 
Um, it's definitely changed. It's a it's a younger crowd well, coming in. Also, out. we're really lucky in Cleveland because we have such a incredible local music scene that like we get to see all of our friends and you know people that we're fans of that are local. Like because we don't really do a lot of new releases, but we do make sure to carry like the local new releases. Yeah. And then another cool thing is some of the local people have been making uh, cassettes. The local bands have been doing cassette releases. So. And I feel like it's such an exciting time to be in Waterloo right now, too. I mean, it's always been exciting with the Beachland right there. But also, you know, with the Waterloo Arts Walks and things like that. And the yeah. festival, obviously, are right. bringing more people to the neighborhood as well. A lot of cool young businesses <laughs> opening up. Um, I'm really this is several years old now, but I'm really proud and excited that uh, our neighbor down the street, Brick, is here, their ceramics studio. And then we also have Praxis down the street as well, and Fiber Arts. And so to me, that's two of the most fun, fascinating uh, new businesses that come, come to the street. Yeah, and the Arts Fest gets bigger every year, Yeah, which yeah. is great. It's the last Saturday in June, so this year it's... I this will come out before that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still trying to... Oh, no, no. Just, just trying to pimp it. People who don't know it. It's, it's a fun, it's just a really fun event here, the street festival. So you don't have the average record store, you know. You have a very unique look in here, and one thing that people always notice is the flooring with the album covers. Could yeah. you talk about what it was like to do that? How you picked the album covers that went on the floor? Well, yeah. That came about... Well, I have... The floor is tiled with, with old album covers. Uh, for those of you at home, not never been here. And I collected over the years, leading up to us opening this in 20, 2009, I would collect all these album covers, just thought, oh, these are cool. And the records may have been damaged, I didn't care, I just collected the covers. We used to have a store, we being Debbie and myself, used to have a store at Coventry called Renaissance Parlor, which was a vintage clothing store. When we did a floor in there, I did old concert poster flyers all over the floor. And that was pretty easy to lay down. So I thought when we opened the record store, hey, I'll do that with records. Well, I come to discover that just putting records down was not easy at all. And there was a number of technical issues I don't, don't really need to get into to bore people with. <laughs> but let me just tell you, it took over a month to make and put this floor down. And I just was going mad at by the end. I was just like, this is stupid. How do I get out of this? <laughs> But it's been nine years now, and it, it's holding up pretty well. There's a few spots that are decaying, which I can replace. So, But the space is, I think it, I, I lost count of how many album covers went down. But basically, album covers are 12 inches by 12 inches. And I think this space in here is 1,100. So there's about 1,100. You do the math. There's a lot of records that went down the floor. And, yeah, it's people get... When they come in here and they first see it, they get a kick out of seeing it. Sometimes I challenge old timers. I say you're only allowed to walk on spaces that you wish on the covers that you owned. So, <laughs> so you can get from front to back. So. We guys have so much stuff going on. You have you know DJs and live shows here sometimes, um, and obviously a label and 
all of your work with cats. So how do you balance all of that and, you know, obviously running a record store? It sounds like a new way of doing things to incorporate more into just regular day-to-day life. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to do that. I get confused daily. It's like, what am I doing? What, what should I concentrate on? Yeah, it, it's... A lot it's, of lists. A lot of lists, which I usually lose. This is why Sarah's here to help. Like I said, she's the ship captain. Help, help keep the ship afloat. Yeah, it's. I think it's good to diversify. I mean, you have to. It'd be better to be busy than bored, for sure. Do you have any favorite performances or like DJ sets or anything like that over the years? Last year... Oh, we had Tommy Stinson play here, and I, I was a big replacements mm-hmm. fan, and wasn't sure how that was going to go. But meeting him, he's a really decent sweetheart guy, and that's probably my favorite thing so far here. I think it might have been when George and Ira DJed. No, that was cool too. So, personally, yeah, was that for? That was 2014. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> the. the Failed the record first, store day. The event. first customer appreciation. Well, no, that was that was our last record store right. day. Well, we, yeah, yeah, we had uh, uh, Jake Kelly DJed, uh, Lawrence Daniel Caswell DJed, and then Georgia and Ira, and that was that saved our day. That was from a disastrous start. It turned out to be a fun day. It was a fun day. TV eight came in one day for the, the our last record store day. Participation was 2014. Kenny Crumpton was here doing a kicking with Kenny segment. So they're filming live, and this is all live. And who shows up? Freeway. Boom. Freeway, one of our store cats. He made the appearance on TV. <laughs> Little celebrity. Yeah. Steals the show. Yeah. We have five of them that live here now Freeway, Monty, Rhonda, Fluffy, and Monty. No, Fox. Oh, Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say Monty twice? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Fox is here too. I feel like that's one of the best parts of coming to Blue Arrow. <laughs> Every time I know I'm going to see a cat. <laughs> Most time. We, we do get some customers come in and say, where are the cats? And it's during siesta time. You would think like on a sunny day they'd be up sunning, but sometimes you're just in the back. You know. <laughs> sleeping it off in the back. But they're, they're all rescues from the neighborhood so that's debbie side yeah. project you know when we're juggling everything else that Just came like, about because when we first opened up uh, there were stray kittens everywhere here and oh. debbie said i don't know if i can be able to work down here if this is going to be what we're going to be seeing and at that time we'd see dead cats in the street and on the sidewalks she met a couple other people in the neighborhood who were doing trap neuter release down on Euclid Beach and she befriended them and then they they trained her how to do that TNR stuff and so then Debbie started the Waterloo Alley Cat Project and they've spayed and neutered over I think 400 cats in the neighborhood keeping the population down yep (laughs) trying to (laughs) so yeah you just I mean you get them fixed and then there's like feeding stations and you know, you got to take care of them if one looks sick or wonky or some yeah. of them make it inside. Yeah, but they they, they feed, they being the Waterloo Alley Cat Project, they feed over 50 cats, I believe, in the neighborhood daily. And they feed and try to have structure 
for them to get out of the elements. Uh, so it's it's an ongoing process. Making progress here, but it's unfortunately it's it's everywhere. Abandoned cats and stuff is everywhere. Have you and Debbie always been cat lovers? We uh, know that Sarah loves cats <laughs> <laughs> and dogs. Growing up, I, we didn't have any cats, so that's that's all Debbie. And yeah, I've adopted that since <laughs> being with her. So. And with the cats in the store, um, do they just have free reign of the store? And they do. When we first opened up, we at night we. Well, obviously, we didn't have all at one time. We've accumulated them over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and and by that, I mean, these were stray abandoned cats, and we just soon discovered, like, I remember Rhonda when we first got her. Well, Freeway was the first one, actually. Debbie found him up on 90, hence his name, Freeway. <laughs> when he was a little kitten, she happened to be driving home one day, and her little cat radar was up, and she said, what's that? Out of the corner of her eye, and... She went up, got off the next exit, got back on 90, double back, and there was that little kitten that she rescued. So he was the first one here, and then the other ones just, again, they were just abandoned cats, but they're not feral, so we couldn't just get them fixed and put them back out. We tried to find them homes, and these guys all ended up here. I, like I remember I was going to say about Rhonda, we tried getting her home, and she's just got these beautiful piercing eyes, and I think... I might have said, oh, let's just keep her. So. Yeah, um, they're surprisingly well-behaved with records, because I know when I was little we had a cat, and it clawed the sides of records. Yeah. But they, they don't do that, which is, you must know, they, inherently. They claw other things, but yeah. luckily they're not doing that to, to the records. I was going to say also, when we first started housing them here, we used to, at nighttime, we used to, lock them in the back you herded cats every night and they Literally. were really bummed out when it's like time to go to bed and they, they were upset now we just let them roam freely who knows what they do at night they might be on the dj decks are customers usually excited to see them or have there been you know most mixed responses to the cats no i'm gonna say most people are, are really excited and tickled and and love seeing them there's been a few that for whatever reason they don't enjoy cats and then, unfortunately, there's been a few that are allergic to them, and, and I always feel bad for them. And they say, oh, I, I love records, but I don't know if I can come here with the cats. But they stick with it. So, <laughs> yeah, I bless them. Yeah, most people dig them. Hence, we, we, we made these T-shirts with free, that's Freeway on it. And, uh, <laughs> people dig that, too. Up next, we wanted to feature some new Cleveland music, and this episode we're featuring Marcus Allen Ward. His new song, Love Out Loud, came out last week, and it is the beginning of a new series of songs that he'll be releasing over the next six months. He's releasing a new song, I think, every three weeks, and at the end, he'll have a new project called Beast. That will be an album that he'll be releasing. I believe that's his first album, so check it out.
Well, as usual, we like to fill you in on a couple of events that are going around um, all over town. And so with Record Store Day coming up, there are a bunch of in-store events at record shops all across Cleveland. One of the first ones that I think everyone should check out is the new Britney's Record Shop, which just opened not that long ago in Slavic Village. Uh, it's owned by Britney and DJ Red Eye. So they are going to be having their very first ever Record Store Day celebration. So they'll be having their love exclusive vinyl and apparel and DJ Candy Fresca will be spinning tunes. So that is one to check out if just to check out a new spot that's around town. Beachland Ballroom is going to be doing a special brunch as well on Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. They will be having uh, Melanie from Melanie or from Music Saves. She'll be spinning vinyl. They'll have Dogfish Head, beer on tap, food specials, and other kinds of giveaways over there on top of delicious brunch. A separate reality in Tremont. They'll be having special guests, Blair Elise and the Bombshells. They'll be grilling out. <laughs> They'll have a bunch of different specials as well. Oh, my mind's eye in Lakewood. They'll be having a full schedule of DJs throughout the day. So you can hear Mr. Sue, Kai Rogers, who was on our last podcast episode, Cat Kate, one of my favorite photographers, and just people all day who will be DJing as well. So beyond just Record Store Day here in Cleveland, there are a lot of opportunities to actually experience brand new music by local bands. And we wanted to highlight some of those album release concerts that are coming up. Uh, these aren't really until May, but that's right around the corner. Summer is right around the corner here in Cleveland. Coming up, Diana Chittister's Paradox EP release at the Beachland Tavern. That's happening on May 11th. On May 12th, the Mason District is releasing their new album at the Grog Shop. And also on May 12th, the Village Bicycle is releasing their album Terraforma on vinyl. Now that album was already released in 2017, but it is pretty awesome that you can get it on wax. So those are a few shows worth checking out. All the tickets are very cheap for all of those. You can find more information on Facebook and the various venue websites. Well, that about wraps up episode three of the two Knicks. Thank you for tuning in. Bye, everyone. Bye.